Money FM 89.3, the best of Saturday mornings. Wide World on Money FM 89.3. There's been a massive growth in a local startup here called Red Hill Communications. Uh, they are a PR firm. They do lots of things uh, in that vein. Joining us in the studio is their CEO, Jacob Putanparambil, the founder and CEO of Red Hill. Jacob, pleasure to have you with us uh, to talk about the Red Hill story and also to talk about public relations in Singapore and the region. Great to have you with us. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah. First of all, give us a little bit of an overview about Red Hill. You've, you've had massive growth in these past, what, five or so years. Uh, tell us about what you do, how you do it. Yeah, it's nine years. Uh, nine already? Yeah, oh, my so gosh. started okay. in 2014. Um, we started with just Sureka, my partner, and I. Uh, we started with $2,000. Mm. And uh, my wife said that uh, if I'm not paying the house rent in six months, I should get a job. <laughs> so she's been extremely supportive. What um, was your background before? What was I, I did uh, public relations for a global firm, right. mostly out of the Middle East. Got and it. before that, I was in the Indian government as a diplomat. Uh, and before that, I was uh, a researcher and a journalist. And a, I've tried a few things. Yeah. Um, and then 2014, we started uh, Red Hill, and that was around the same time as the you know the financial sector, especially the VCs, were taking off. Um, so we got an early break into that. Our very first customer is uh, Jungle Ventures, and t- still today our customer. Big and, VC. Yep. Um, we've uh, grown with our uh, clients, so now we've grown to about uh, 200 people in uh, over 20 countries. Wow. And uh, yeah, Singapore headquartered. We are about 70 people here. I think we are the largest in Singapore. So in layman's terms for our listeners, what is it Red Hill does for these clients? Uh, We do public relations mostly, but that also involves a lot of uh, content creation, production, social media and things like that. But uh, overall, it's PR is basically the earned media spectrum of marketing communications. Mm. So when you say earned media spectrum, the other end of the spectrum is advertising, where you pay money to get media mentions and things like that. Ours is earned. So we have to create content and also put across um, talking points that might be of interest to the media. Yeah. I mean, as someone who deals with PR companies on a daily basis, as do you, as does our inbox, uh, (laughs) what is it that sets, or in your humble opinion, what is it that sets Red Hill apart? You've obviously made tremendous success in less than a decade. What is it that makes you stand out? And what is, let's be very frank, a very congested saturated crowd yeah um i think timing Mm. i think we were we are still going through a major shift in the pr industry Uh, a lot of people mistake the pr industry for press release agency yes you know you write a press release and you send it and you know and i was growing up and first in the industry we used to send out press releases on fax Mm. you know and to the local news channel and, and say for your evening bulletin or your tomorrow's newspaper Today I can do a poll in my company and I would say 90% won't even know what fax is, <laughs> you know, uh, what a thing is. So the era where you would send out a press release and get it, you know, posted somewhere, uh, that doesn't have any impact. Now. And yet it still happens. It still oh, happens. It still happens, it still happens because that's much. how it is, you know. Uh, and th- there is a, a split or, in you know, a forking that is happening where people think PR is just to get a press release out and get it mentioned somewhere on the web. Uh, And there are services that do that, but it does not have an impact in what you're trying to change or change behavior or change how someone thinks about your product or 
get out of a, mm-hmm. a crisis narrative that you're facing and you want to turn it. It doesn't have an impact by issuing press releases. We're talking with the founder and CEO of Red Hill Communications, Jacob Putanparambil. And Jacob, uh, give, us a, give us your overview of the – well, let me start with a statement. I think the level of – generally speaking, of public relations in, in Singapore is inferior to what I have seen in London, in New York, I agree. in major capital cities of the world. Now, there are standouts. I will, I will say not just because you're sitting in front of me, but because I know what your firm does. You guys are definitely uh, uh, in that spectrum of international global firms in terms of the quality. But there are so many that do it so badly in Singapore. And this always shocks me as a regional, a regional hub that we don't have better PR firms and, and communication with the exception of just a very few at the top. What's your, what's your feeling about that? Why hasn't First of all, do you agree with that? Secondly, why hasn't this this city, which is such a hub for for business and commerce, risen to that higher level? There's a very simple answer to that. And I don't think that I'm passing the buck. Hmm. But uh, the state of PR has to do a lot with the state of uh, journalism. Hmm. So if you have – like if you go to London or you go to New York or you go to Australia or you go – you know, even to some extent, even Hong Kong, you know, uh, especially in the business journalism – um, you have multiple news organizations, which are some owned by different political and business interests. Mm-hmm. So they are all fighting each other. So there are various spins at play. Um, we live in a very nice environment mm-hmm. where we don't have that many spins <laughs> in play. Um, but um, that also, you know, you, have to, you sharpen your skills by fighting in those kind of uh, scenarios. So if when we fight, especially, you know, we have seven offices in India, um, we have to be on top of our game. Yeah. Well, it's, a, it's a fierce, a fierce it's environment fierce. there. It's fierce yeah. because we are part of the business ecosystem, right? Yeah. So if the government announces a tender for something, then there are like 17 business groups and four of those business groups have TV news channels of their own, you know. So they are all pushing out different agendas and mm-hmm. uh, things at play. So as a PR person, you have to know your, you know, where the, the wires are plugged into. You need to know which way the news and information is flowing. We have to know uh, stakeholder mapping of who's on the side of who. It's like in the, for example, in the U.S. Congress votes, you know, you have a map on the board saying which congressman is likely to vote which way, right. who's on this side, and you keep pushing the thing. There is that kind of element in a lot of business uh, deals that take place, and uh, we have to be on top of the game. But that's fascinating yes. hearing that. Bottom line, do you think sometimes listening to what you're saying and my own experiences for 20 plus years, I've pretty much done my own PR for my own books and things because there's not enough hungry hustlers. Sometimes I think it's as simple as that. They're not hungry enough. They don't hustle enough. They don't understand how media works. They don't understand how to get beyond a basic press release. They don't know how to sell the very product they're selling. Is it sometimes as fundamental as that? They lack the experience to hustle. So it's actually a, the main difference is do you have the drive to get something successful? Because if you have the drive and if you are, let's say, you're launching your book, you want it to sell, right? That yeah. is your main motive. But let's say that you read a book on PR for dummies and says this is how you do PR, which is you write a press release and you send it to 200 journalists spamming their inbox and hope that 10 of them write something and it doesn't reflect anything on your sales. Mm. So if you are limited by resources, you say, okay, it, in Singapore, only these three publications matter. I have to do whatever it takes to be in them. Mm. 
which means that I'm going to wait outside the studio, this thing, and wait for this guy to go out and then randomly bump into him and say, hey, by the way, I have this book. Yeah, hustling. So you have to make those these three things happen. Yeah. But if you just say that, oh, the process of PR is like this, this is the SOP, and this we send out the press release, oh, we send out of this, and why are they not running it? They don't have to run it. You know, you have to make it newsworthy. You have to show your passion and why this is so important. I mean, I know you, you guys know this, like the New York Times, right from the very first uh, publication that they had, even today on their right hand, uh, sorry, left hand corner, it says anything fit to print, mm. right? Mm. You, the press release that you're issuing, you know, is it fit to print? You have to cross that barrier. What social media has done now is that barrier doesn't exist. Mm. So people are just pumping stuff into mm. social media. There's no curation. There is no this thing. And um, that causes another problem, you know. So the main thing is look for the pressure points where it's going to deliver you the business yeah. results and then focus on that. I was gone for the past couple of weeks, uh, as you may have heard, on, on holiday. I came back and I had to it, clear out. It wasn't out. national news. We were just oh, talking okay. about it. No, no. Uh, five minutes. No, I wasn't assuming that it was covered by the Straits Everybody Times. missed you. Oh, Jesus. Thank you, Jacob. Thank you for your kindness. Other, okay, anyway. Uh, my point was, if I can get to my point, I had 800 plus uh, press releases in my inbox. Yeah. I deleted nearly all of them. Yeah. And I'll tell you why. Over the years, I've done this show for five years now, the – the chances of me getting a press release that says, dear editor and or journalist and or something, when I see that, I delete it same, immediately. Same. If, if, if the PR or the comms person hasn't taken the time to, first of all, listen to our show and understand what we do or at least look at, look at a, you know, a rundown of what we do and or take the time to perhaps address us individually. I mean, we know there are programs where you can just put in the journalist's name and it, you know, it, you can do the same press release to a bunch of journalists but just personalize it, right? If they haven't if they're still at that level where they're not doing those things, I don't want to deal with them because we know from experience it's going to be a world of pain down the street trying to get a guest organized, trying to get information. 100%. And, and this is where I feel like you know, some of the basics aren't getting across to to PR firms here, which is Know the audience that you're trying to reach. You know uh, the number of times we get press releases saying, um, "We think your we think your readers will be really interested in this." It's like, "Hello, it's a radio show. You know, yeah, we don't I've have any that. readers." I've had that. Um, and it it's just as surprising to me. Again, the, on, on the other side is there are many really really good, not many, a number of very good PR people in Singapore that do that. But the vast majority are still playing at a level that is so basic. Yeah. It shocks me, actually. See, a lot of that has to do with uh, access technology. Yeah. You know, because it is easy now to reach out to people. You can send messages, you can send yeah. LinkedIn messages and all these things. Like in anything in this planet, business or otherwise, it, the 99th percentile always stands out. They will have 80% of the revenue. They'll have mm. 80% of the audience. They will make 80% of the money. Uh, the remaining, it, they are sending out these press releases and emails with wrong titles and things like that because it is easy. Yeah. You can get the database of 3,000 journalists right. and you're not going to write to each 3,000 of them. So you're going to do mail merge and just send out generic emails. It has no impact. It makes more sense. So from our point of view, which, which way I was trained early on, 
is that in any market, there's only 10 journalists or 20 journalists maximum worth knowing. That matter to you. Yeah, that matters to you. And if I divide them by three and say, and what are my interests? I have no interest in fine food. You can feed me anything. Mm. I will think it's fine food. You know? <laughs> Man after my own heart. <laughs> yeah. So I only look at business. Right. And I look at uh, politics, regional politics, international relations. And then I'm trying to have some interest in anything other than cricket. And I'm slowly <laughs> developing some other sports to talk about. So other than these three, you talk about anything to me and I have no idea. Right. And I will only... I develop journalists' uh, relationships because I can hold a conversation with them on these topics. Mm, mm. And I do have great friends who are movie reviewers and things like that. And I tell them, you know, I don't know how you put, you know, five stars or six stars, I mean, sorry, out of five, three or four stars. I see a movie, I I go by basic emotional things like, is it a happy movie? Mm. Is it a sad movie? (laughs) Is it a... Can I learn something? Did I learn something? So... I can only hold those kind of conversations. So if you know those journalists and then what happens is that you start to have a deep bond and relationship with those journalists. You have to be the curator. And also for a lot of people, the PR industry, they take any kinds of clients. But if I, we have to do a curation of the clients you have. The client story has to resonate with you. Hmm. So if I am going to be uh, you know, pleading your case to a journalist or introducing you to a journalist, I have to believe in it. Mm. And I also have to have that confidence that I'm not going to tell you some information which is wrong or misleading because clients will change, but our relationship has to stay for yeah. me to survive in business. Yeah. So I could never lose that credibility that I say that company X is, you know, 10X of what they really are. And then you find out yeah. and then it it doesn't make sense after that. <laughs> so you have to do that kind of, you have to put in a little bit of hard work and make tough choices like in any business. And in PR, it matters more because we deal with reputation. Well, especially yeah. Singapore where the, the, the media market is so small. small. It's not like New York where there are literally thousands of journalists and publications and media outlets, right? Yeah. Here we just have a very few, if you exclude maybe the international media that are based here. Yeah. Uh, it gets a little bit longer, that list. But you're right. It wouldn't it's take that long to have just your 10, 15, even 20 journalists yeah. that you know for X company are going to be appropriate. Yeah, yeah. If you, and if, you, if you've been watching the industry, how it is moving, in a lot of places in the world, it is heading to that where the number of journalists are shrinking. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. Um, a lot of the media is also moving towards uh, reader-funded or subscriber-funded journalism. Mm-hmm. So it's not advertisement-driven. Um, the other aspect also is that we have to, we're going into very unique niches. You know, there's no, general media is more or less uh, not there. Uh, so it's very important that you build those deep relationships uh, with media. Yeah. The final point also is that with the rise of uh, social media, influencers and, and things, a lot of people mistake journalists for influencers. Right. Yes. And that is a big, big danger. Mm. And um, if you guys just give me 30 seconds, let me just give you the scenario sure. why, why this market has changed in terms of news. Is that when I was growing up, I used to, if lucky, read the paper in the morning. And I would read only one section with the sports because there's no live TV and, you know, things like that. And in the evening, uh, because I grew up in India, r- depending on when the government-sanctioned power cut is, you would watch <laughs> a 7 o'clock or a 7.30 <laughs> news. Yeah. And that was our 15-minute window to the world. What happened? And that 15 minutes was like dopamine hitting you because, wow, what all the crazy things happening in the world. Now, people are, you know, desensitized because you get so much. And you have to, you have to get people's attention by having more and more 
uh, outlandish things mm. for mm. people to yeah. you know to say it and then then you know it crosses where where it is fiction and non fiction you know what is real news and i can feel it in my journalist friends they are under pressure because they have to have that many readers or this thing to prove their yeah. thing yeah. so that scenario of the audience changing is putting real stress on journalism so listening to what you're saying and also to glenn's point Good PR, I think, what you're saying, you're actually appealing to two audiences here. You're appealing to the initial audience, the person you're pitching to, say, Glenn and Neil at yeah, Money FM. Yeah. And then the second audience, who listens to Money FM? Yeah, exactly. So you're pitching to two audiences every time you go out there. Would that be fair? Yeah. You're the gatekeeper. Yep. But if, always you're pitching to the last, the, of course. the end, this thing. But you're the gatekeeper. It has to be worth your time. And you have to say, okay, creator, this is of interest to my readers. This is going to be beneficial. Uh, or the marathon runner you mentioned is going to run to my house and say, don't come on that show again. Mm. You know, <laughs> So it makes a, a, a big difference. Um, we have to keep that end audience always in mind. Is it their time? If yeah. things go off balance, mm. I learned a word uh, uh, yesterday called perfect tension. There has to be a perfect tension between uh, journalists, PR and the audience. So that's how, you know, I mean, the other way, word to use is a Mexican standoff, but mm. you know, a perfect tension mm. ensures that there is efficiency. Mm. Just a brief follow-up between this distinction you kind of made between journalists and influencers, because this may be my old school snobbery, but if I get any email that says influencer, I bin it. Because I, I, I've got a cards on the table. I've written 30 books. You can call me many things, but don't call me an influencer because I, the negative connotations with that. To me, I might be wrong. But now increasingly, when I go to a media events, which is very few, but when I do, there's not many of what I would call journalists in there. It's me and one or two others and a dozen influencers, Instagrammers, TikTokers or whatever. And these are the people, rightly or wrongly, it works. These are the people now I see increasingly PR firms going for. They're not even going for the old school journalists anymore. Is that inevitable? We just have to live with it? No, that is also, uh, in my in a humble opinion, um, uh, in the industry, uh, mislabeling mm. of uh, how you value PR. Um, sometimes, you know, PR sits under marketing. Most places it sits under marketing. So they have a measurement tool which they measure by eyeballs, reach, and things like that. So if an influencer has 2 million followers, I mean, not in Singapore, but, you know, outside, and they're able to get, um, you know, reach this much people, then they count it as, oh, it's we paid less than advertising and we got this much cost, coverage. Cost per impression. Cost plus impression. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But in my humble opinion, a journalist's role is to do like a peer review. You know, if I'm making a, a, a great car, you know, I would call someone who knows about that car and say, hey, drive this and tell me honestly what you think. And you have, the, again, that perfect tension. Your readers are going to say, hey, I, ju- I trust this guy's judgment on reviewing that car for me. Mm. There's a credibility. There's a credibility. Mm. Um, with influencers, that credibility ranking is very low. Gotcha. They will get on a free flight to go somewhere and say, this resort is the best resort because yeah. they're getting all the free stuff yeah. and all these Especially things. Especially if it's paid, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, we just saw in the news, Ronaldo is the highest paid influencer. He gets something like a couple of million per post. Even I, will, when he's standing outside the Saudi Arabian zoo, I'm not really thinking Saudi Arabia's <laughs> got a great zoo. I'm just thinking he's been paid a lot of money to say that. Exactly. So there is, the credibility is that perfect tension again, isn't it? There's the, the, the trade-off. The thing is, you are watching that video because Ronaldo is there. Hmm. You're not watching that because I'm going to think, oh, Saudi Arabia's got a great zoo. 
Yeah. Right. You know, I'm, I'm going to take my family there. You know? So, Jacob, where do we go? And, and we're speaking with the founder and CEO of Red Hill Communications, Jacob Puthan Parambil. Uh, where does Singapore go? There's IPRS. There's, there's organizations that are very good in Singapore trying to work with PR and comms folks, um, uh, industry, organiz- or, or industry organizations. Uh, but where does Singapore need to go from here? And how should they get there in terms of raising the game of, of PR and communications uh, to to a really high level. Okay, first of all, let me just say IPRS is a great organization. Mm. Uh, our president Juat is amazing. Mm. Uh, she's been doing great service, and we try to support the IPRS in whatever way we can. Yeah. Um, in terms of, it's not it's not uh, it's not our call to say or Singapore's call to say where is PR going to go in Singapore. We have to take. Uh, we will be taken there, because as our companies like us, we go abroad. We will have to fight on different fronts. We have to get ready to fight in different markets. You know, I mean, I don't want to take names because when I came in, what's, this is what my team said, Jacob, do not take any clients' names. <laughs> so I, I can tell you, you know, we represent a couple, few major airlines okay. yeah, in different markets. And each of these markets, you know, and civil aviation is a very sharp elbow, high contact with government regulations, you know, kind of market. And you have to... Fight there. You have to fight mm. there with others. You know, you, you've seen how the airline market is in the U.S. You know, mm. the big three control everything. They won't let anybody else come in and play. Yeah. So we have to fight in those markets. And when you have to fight, you have to sharpen it up. I can give you another example of telecoms, you know, uh, telecoms with the move of 5G and things like that. So if we are going to get into things which require high regulations, whether it is pharma, telecom, you know, crypto, anything, it is The key here to remember is PR is not just about media relations. Media relations is just a tiny, maybe the tip of the PR iceberg. Mm. 90% of our work is not visible to the media. You know, it is to do with internal comms, to do with our messaging, our toning, the training, strategy, strategy, and everything that Mm. goes inside. It's Mm. about intelligence gathering. It's about research. It's a misconception when people think PR is about, and a lot of media people have that because 99% of their exposure to mm. PR is journalists sending you stuff on this thing. And a lot of people start by saying, oh, they should just call themselves a media relations agency. Mm-hmm. They shouldn't call themselves a public relations agency because the spectrum of stakeholders that we deal with is much broader than the media. Yeah, awesome. We do have to leave it there. Uh, uh, Jacob, thanks for being with us today. And of course, we wish you a continued success with Red Hill. Jacob Putamparambil, the CEO, founder of Red Hill. Great to have you with us. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you so much. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.